1: Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Amo and Danny's Irish Amphill Road. Now it has been a busy enough week this week, Uh, coming back from last week's pod we, well I suppose we said about the fact that we thought on paper it was going to be an easy enough game against Brentford Uh, and then we spoke a lot about the Champions League and it seemed like it was almost the opposite way around but we're going to get into that and discuss a little bit about those games in a bit. Uh, But first of all Amo what's been going on, what's been going on with you?
0: Very little, you know, work, 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 kids, 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 <laughs> anyone listens to this podcast uh, knows that I'm a podcast enthusiast and um, I listen to the podcast when I'm, when I'm traveling to work and stuff like that, so that's I, I really do, this sounds really geeky or whatever you want to put it, but my pleasure really does come and listen to podcasts and that's kind of what I do, mm. um, that's it, played a little bit of football, um, tried to anyway, the weekend and uh, that's about it, really. Not really a lot. I mean, the games that we the fact that we've had two Liverpool games and we've had, what, 12 goals in two Liverpool games, it's definitely, I reckon we get to say to talk more about
1: football. But I mean, how have you been, anyway? Yeah, not too bad, man. As you said, just busy enough. There's loads we could go into, but there's not enough time to be going into all the different things that we've been up to during the week. Uh, but yeah, busy, just the usual with work and family and kids and all the rest of it. Um, but as how, you
0: said. Um, how many mountains have you climbed this week, Danny?
1: <laughs> it's getting too cold for me now. I mean, I've got a hoodie on here today, sitting here and freezing, sitting <laughs> at the upstairs of my house. Of climbing a mountain doesn't appeal to me, though. <laughs> no, but I'll tell you what, joke, jokes aside,
0: the ears are nipping the air now, isn't it? You know, people that live over here in the island of Ireland. Um, no, everyone, I think, quite knows me and Danny, they live the opposite sides of the country. Um, but it is nipping now, isn't it? You feel that we, when I go out to feed the dogs in the morning and stuff or whatever, you just feel that
1: nip in the air, don't you? It is. It's chilly. Like it's uh, especially living over here, as you said. Like a lot of it's a it's a very open island. So like I live just by the mountains. You live obviously not too far from the sea. Like it just it gets very cold very quick. Um. So yeah, it's just one of the things you put up with, isn't it? Like I, I don't care what anyone says.
0: People listening in Liverpool, you only think it gets cold over here. It definitely gets colder, and I've said that to so blue in the face, so many people. They're like, oh really? But I don't care. Am I right? It's definitely colder over here than even if it's just a couple of degrees. It's colder.
1: I've got the weather app on my phone, and all the time I look at the weather app between Liverpool and here, and there's it's always at least three degrees colder here than what it is in Liverpool. Like. And it's noticeable. It's
0: noticeable when you're out. You know, it's it's a glove, hats and glove leather Which incidentally brings to our hats. We'll, um, in the next couple of weeks, hopefully, we'll get some of the hats get going again. So if anyone want, wants any hats, give us a shout on our social media pages. Um, Kind of rambled on there, but yeah, that's definitely I'm definitely repping the hats out in the last couple of weeks. Anyway, <laughs>
1: yes, same anyway, I've got mine on. I did on this morning doing the kids runs and all. Like, can't beat it. But this is this isn't a plug for our match. I suppose it's uh, <laughs> a plug for the football and the football definitely heated up a little bit at the weekend there with this Brentford game. We said obviously we we sort of hinted on the fact that we said that this was going to be like Brentford's cup final, and we we knew that they were going to go at it, and we knew it was going to be all in all, but. Did you expect it to be the game that it was? Obviously, me and you were messaging each other as usual during the game and stuff. What What did you make of it? What
0: well, can you make it for three or a draw? Like, one team scores, other team scores. You know, it was literally end-to-end the whole game. And let's be honest, um, your man up front, um, Ivan Tony, you could have won it at the end as well. You know, it was your heart in your hand whenever you seen him score. Like, some finish at the end. He didn't really have a sniff the whole match, today. The Then, boom, that finish. I was nowhere. And I thought, oh, no. Especially after us missing the chances as well at the other end. Mm-hmm. Um, how can you describe that game how how you describe that game very simple it was a great spectacle for the Premier League you know I've left, I have left a couple of posts on social media People, you shouldn't be happy with a free old draw against the team that's come up well actually why shouldn't you it made us go top of the league we didn't get beat and then years we've, um, years gone by we got beat and watching Brentford as a football team they're actually they're, they're like my new second team you know? they're great to watch aren't they and like they, we went toe-to-toe and they went toe-to-toe with us they went listen Rather, you know, it's going to be six, seven goals in the game, or you're going to you know you're going to spank us really. And they went toe to toe and they deserved the draw. Liverpool Liverpool did not deserve to win, and um, but at the same time, I don't think they deserved to win. I think it was a fair result and a great spectacle for the Premier League. And um, you know, Saturday night viewing, I said to you that night, everyone's going to be wanting Brentford to win. Uh, you know, all the United fans and the Chelsea fans and Arsenal fans are going to be sitting there behind the sofas wanting Liverpool to get beat and um, we didn't, and we went off the league. So, you know, if you win all your home games and you draw all your away games, you're not far off winning the league, to be fair. So, to be honest, I was happy enough with the point, and uh, it certainly got my heart going. What about you?
1: Yeah, it was, it was like watching the Liverpool game of, like, 10 years ago, wasn't it? Just one of those games where... Liverpool were, were all attack, going up there, and you were sort of watching the game, as you said, seeing those chances, Jota missed a couple, Salah um, with that sort of dink over, hit the roof of the net, and you were sort of watching it going, we need another goal or we're really going to pay for this game. And that's exactly what happened. Like, Brentford just broke up the pitch and sc- scored nearly every time they went up there. And as you said, it's easy enough, people are turning around going, Oh, well, like Brentford have only just come up, surely they're a team that you should be beating no bother. But for have proven themselves, and this is the whole debate that we had with the Messi-Ronaldo debate, Jordan, the summer, was the fact that Ronaldo's decided to come to the Premier League and Messi's gone to PSG. And the, d- the debate was always, Ronaldo is choosing the better option because on the day in the Premier League, anyone can beat anyone. And that's the thing, is that you've got so many decent teams, teams coming up, and it's been proven over the seasons. You look at Wolves, you look at Leeds that have come up and done really, really well in the Premier League because there is very, very little difference between the Championship and the Premier League in terms of quality now. So what you're getting in those games isn't just oh, it's, it's us playing Osasuna and you, you're going to walk them over 6-0 because that's what happens in the Spanish League. You, you're coming in and playing anyone on the day that can really, really perform in the Prem. And Brentford have proven that during the season, beating Wolves, and um, Drew against Aston Villa. Teams like that. Teams that are decent teams and were performing well last season. So, I wasn't surprised. I was a bit gutted. Defence was really, really poor. But they they played well, Brentford. You've got to give it to them.
0: Well, that's another thing that you said. um, Ronaldo picked up Premier League. Evans out up. I think what's happened as well. I don't think... This is a point that I've, I've kind of come to myself. And people might disagree or agree, whatever you want to make of it. I think what's happened... When we got those parachute payments a couple of years ago, teams now are starting to realise that they don't need to sell their big players. They might want to because they want to get money to build a new training ground or bring three or four players in. But teams like Brentford don't need to sell the players because the TV money that's come in and parachute payments, they can get away with being in, you know, they've come up with being in the Premier League and keeping to a tight enough budget and not having to sell their big players. And then also what's happened with COVID and the pandemic, it's been a bit of an 11-player field for teams like Brentford and that t- stature of club. Um, you know, you take Man City; they're definitely you know Barcelona, Real Madrid. They break all the rules and corrupt as anything. Um, but for the mid-table towards relegation teams in the Premier League, it's it's a leveler, I think. And it so you know they're in a good position where they don't need to sell the big the big players like they used to because they're not in dire need of that money because the guaranteed parachute payments. But also, the mid to top table teams can't afford to buy. And, and and sink these clubs. Yeah. So the likes of we can keep on to all the best players and there's a boy that played in the wing, I can't remember his name. He played for Liverpool. He's got quality. He mentioned Tony up front. He was just a delight a delight to watch. And uh, credit to them. I hope they stay up. I really, really hope that they stay in the Premier League because they're nothing but a credit for the club um a, a credit to the Premier League. And you know they did every there was talk after the match I forget your, the manager's name but there was talk after the match they went you went toe-to-toe at Liverpool, but you also knew when to play through the lines and when to just hit the ball long because of Liverpool's pressing. And he, he literally said, yes, we knew that Liverpool were going to press. We knew that we're a great football team, but we also knew at times we just need to lock it up, knock it long and give, you know, Tony a one-on-one at Matip. And that's clever. That type of stuff there, you know. when you, And we always refer back to Sunday League, don't we? Danik a, a, a two you two know, Sunday League players, let's be honest. You look back to it, when you play Sunday or Saturday League, and, and you, you, you have a discussion before the match, let's do this tactic, and it comes off. It never comes off. 49 times out of 50, it'll never come off. But when it does, you're sitting there and like, exactly that's what went, and you, you know, you buzz buzzing because you're like, oh, where are the tactical changes. But that's what happened with Benford. They had a game plan, they stuck to it. They played dirty, if you want to call that, or long balls when they had to. But it worked for them, and credit to them. and know it was expense, but... I want to take the positive out of watching a team come from the Championship and go total, total Liverpool, as opposed to saying, oh, well, Liverpool were off par. We weren't off par. We just missed a few chances. But we've had a really good start to the season. Let's put it in perspective. We would have took the start of the season. We're top of the league. We're playing Man City, which will come into second part of the pod. If we beat them, we're going to be top of the league. It's in our own hands. And, you know, credit to Brentford. And it was a great spectacle for Premier League. That's all I can say.
1: Yeah, and I think people have got to understand a little bit of those ins and outs of near football. I think, as you said, for teams to come, there's a, there's a very big difference between having tactics going into a game and actually fulfilling those tactics during the game. And I think um, his name's Frank, isn't it? Uh, Thomas Frank, the, their manager, yeah. isn't it? Yes. Um yes. And he, he executed it well, and he seems to do that well. He's, he's got a nice mix of getting his team to play football when they need to, hold the ball up up top, and then, as you said, against teams like Man City and Liverpool and uh, – uh, I was going to say Arsenal. It'd be Arsenal. Yeah. be Arsenal, but, I mean – Yeah.
0: yeah. But t- these teams, yeah. That, these teams <laughs> that are
1: going to play more attacking football – He seems to know what he's doing in terms of getting them at the right time to break and kick it up the field. And then, as you said, people are automatically going to be like, oh, well, they've just come up from the championship. As you said, you've got parachute payments coming in now. From what I remember, Brentford finished third, which means that they won the playoffs, and you get a massive injection of money if you come through the playoffs. Um, Was it £90 million just for playing in the playoff final? Um, So the amount of money that they're getting coming in to be able to help them to build on that team is far more than what the likes of Newcastle got at the end of last season and, and Leeds and even Villa and teams like that, like they're going to be getting far more than that to be able to inject into their team and if you've got a manager that knows how to find good young talent and invest in the right players you, you can make a team that can really stand the test of time as as Leeds proved last season
0: Yeah well that's a thing as well and another thing as I said before, the pandemic it's been a leveller because these mid to top table clubs, the likes of you God course, they're Like Everton's, maybe maybe Arsenal, or they're, they're into the big club. They're both below Brentford in the is minute. Is that, well, that's it. The point is, is that those type of teams, you know, they, they can't really afford to go in and pay you know 40, 50 million to Brentford's top players because of the pandemic, which makes it a little bit more fair as well. You know, the, the pandemic has been like a a level a, a leveler, hasn't it? In a weird kind of way, because. Mm-hmm. You could say that Liverpool. I'll use Liverpool as an example because we talk about Liverpool football club, and I'm no finance expert, but here's my take on it. So you've got, you know, Liverpool, Man United, Real Madrid, Barcelona, you know, Chelsea, the worldwide phenomenons, and they make money all around the world. Ronaldo's coming to United made some money, you know what I mean? But we've kept all the salad and money, which make, keep keep us on eleven a level playing field with those types of clubs. But what we forget. We, we've not had the 50,000 Liverpool fans coming to Anfield every single week mm. and spending 30, 40, 50 quid each. People coming from all over the world. You know, We know the fact that we get listeners in New York City, in Washington, D.C., in America. The fact that we get listen, people listening to our little podcast. We know that they they probably travel over to, all the way to England to go to Liverpool matches. And they inject their money. We haven't had that. Yeah. So Liverpool have taken that hit. So if you think of all the teams below Liverpool, the like of Everton, Spurs... Aston Villas, maybe through the game, they've all taken that hit as well with the fans because we're a worldwide phenomenon. But we, we, we still make money that way, so we'll survive. And we, I think we've got good owners that are doing it right. That's one thing. But my point in trying to say is that the, the, the money that comes in through the fans and through people traveling, we haven't had that for a couple of years and no one. So that extra bit of money for those mid table things, you haven't got to go and spend them and go and almost effectively, God forgive me, sink. A low club, you always have it. You Not know, happened for years. If you look at Sunderland, West Brom, um going back even before that, I remember Huddersfield. Like you always have a star player, and a team just always comes up to nowhere and pays 30 million for it. Now, and he, he'll never, he'll never go to like a, a Man United or Man City. He'll always go to just that, that tier above the relegation team, and it kills their club because they take the goals away. So no one can really afford to go in and take half and Tony. That man is, I'm right now, he's a future Liverpool player. That man has got, he's some player, he's got everything. He reminds me of Drogba. It, it just, what, a, what a performance, man. Wasn't
1: it great? It, do you know what? he done really well. He came out afterwards, obviously said about the fact that he was, he's was he been a Liverpool fan all his life. yeah. Um, and, and it was a joy to play against. He came out, which I thought was quite ironic for what we're going to go on to in a minute, and said about how much of a challenge it was playing against Van Dijk and being the best, defender in the world, which I thought was really interesting because the analysis that came from that game is is about how poor Liverpool's defence were in that match. Um, But he came out, he he was respectful in what he said, but he played so well for a player that most people wouldn't know if they passed him in the street, like the middle of last week. he, He came out, he played a really good game, he made trouble for Liverpool. I think we, we spoke about the fact that Brentford were going to be a, an old-school English physical team. And I think he epitomised that. He, he came one-on-one with the defenders. He battled them. He was strong. But he knew he had good spatial awareness. As you said, that goal that he scored at the end that, that was like just offside. Um, he, like the, the awareness to get into the space that they were in and the fight that they had to get that ball into the net. Um, He was a great player. But to be honest... I think it's hard. He, he was a player that we're going to single out, but at the same time, it's so hard when the team, all in all, played so well. They ran their legs off themselves for 19 minutes. Like.
0: Yeah, so after 20 minutes of discussion, I think what we're trying to say is okay, we didn't get the three points, but it was a great game and we loved Brentford. It's that kind of yeah. where we're at. We, we loved Brentford. We got a point. We went to top of the leagues. We weren't disappointed. We didn't get beat. And yeah, I mean, yeah, that, that's it. I think. You could analyse it all day long, but credit to, credit to Brentford. Um, we went top of the league. You can't win them all if you don't get beat. Sometimes it, it's sometimes not getting beat is as good as anything because it keeps the momentum. Mm. And we've uh, had a good start to the season, haven't we, really, Danny? I say you would have definitely took the start of the season so far, wouldn't you?
1: Yeah, and I think that's what Van Dyke said, wasn't it, at the end of the game. And I know he put it up on social media and said not the result that they wanted, but we're still unbeaten. And that's what it is. It's keeping that momentum, I think. We're turning around and we've seen, obviously, Man City and Chelsea playing each other and we thought to ourselves, well, if we can get three points out of this game, it really gives us that extra obviously, extra three-point gap between us and City and Chelsea and United. It wasn't to be, but to be honest, I think we'll look back at the end of the season and there'll be other big teams that'll get beat or we'll only take a point off Brentford. I think they're the type of team that looks like they are really, really up playing the big teams and it's almost like an, a final to them so it'll be interesting as i said there's so much you could say about it we could analyze the defense and all the rest of it but i think you've got to sometimes just hand it over and say Do you know what brentford done a great job played really well i think the only other positive that's worth talking about um is how good i suppose this game and the portal game that we're going to go on to in a sec uh, how good curtis jones has been in these games What I knew you were going to
0: say that is I've got a little notepad here. I've got Jones and I've got a wee star next to him. Yes, we mentioned he's been. We Danny, didn't we? We picked him up last season, didn't we? And we used a name that we didn't really want to use, but we did use. And then he got injured and kind of fell off the team a little bit. And then it was all about Harvey Elliott and you know one album leaving and he's kind of gone under the radar a little bit over the last couple of months, hasn't he? And he's come in the last couple of games and oh my god, oh. My God, wow. He's been, been, what can you say? He's been absolutely brilliant. He looks like a seasoned professional. And like, What would Curtis Jones be worth on the market now, Danny?
1: That's the thing, isn't its is that You look at some of the players and some of the money that's gone in for, for the likes of your Grealish, for your Sterlings a few years ago and boys like that. Uh, I know that there's an inflated price, price tag on English players. Don't get me wrong. But I think Curtis Jones, you've got to say, is in contention. For, for being up there. And I think we spoke in the last podcast about the fact that some of these boys, we, to be fair, we mentioned the likes of Origi and obviously Chamberlain and people like that, about how this season, obviously last season we had so many injuries that, that Curtis Jones was getting played, whether he liked it or he didn't, whether he was ready or not. But this season for me is a season where these boys have got to step up in these moments and, and prove the worth. And obviously, as you said, Harvey Elliott, came into the team, he looked like he was going to be starting every game, playing really well, he's got injured. Curtis Jones has came in for him. And I think Curtis Jones knows that this is the time where he's got to stake that claim. He's he's put he's leaving, like you think, in the general theme of things. At the minute, for, for this game and Porto we're going to go on to, he's managing to keep Tiago out of that team. You think of the hype that was around Tiago when he came into Anfield and he's being kept on the bench and left at bay by Curtis Jones, and that's because he's proven, he's he's given the manager something to think about, that he's like no, I'm not here to make up the numbers, I'm not here to make up the squad, I'm here to get in that team uh, and I think he, I think against Brentford was really where really he showed that and that's why he ended up in the Porto team as well,
0: well That's the thing as well, you, you love the Porto game and he's man of the match by far, involved in four goals but I know Kaiten and Thiago had a few injury issues but you've got someone like Milner there as well, so if Klopp really wanted to, he could he could throw Milner in there, who's always going to do the job. I'll throw, like, you know, like Nico Williams at right back. He was a right back. But no, he's saying, you know what? I have to play Curtis Jones in midfield. So I'll fit Milner in at right back. You know, it's not mm. a discredit to Milner because he was superb as well. But my point is, is that if you're not confident enough to throw a 19-year-old in centre midfield in a Champions League away match at Porto, away at Brentford's one thing, but away at is another thing. Mm. You know? And you go, no, nah, well, do you know what? He's not thinking twice about putting Curtis in because, you know, if, he, if he, you're good enough, you're old enough. And then you go, right, OK, well, I'll put Milner in at right back. You know, so the obvious thing to do there would be, right, OK, put Nico Williams at right back. And then you've got Milner in front of him or Henderson that'll kind of keep Nico Williams right. You know, which is, you know, you give him a bit of protection because he's had a few difficult moments. But no, you're not. You're saying, do you know what, nah, I want Curtis in midfield because he's he, he, he's great to offer. And then obviously when you look at Nico Williams, you look at Milner. Milner edges it because of his experience. Yeah. So it's just a credit to Jones. And last night against Porto, he was just unbelievable. I mean, there's not really apart from the goal that Porto scored. Is there anything bad to say about that thing? It's all
1: positive, isn't it? It was solid, wasn't it? And I think it was the total opposite of Brentford. We we controlled the entire game. We attacked whenever we want to, and every time we went forward, we looked like we were going to score. And the goals ended up like it just showed the quality that we had. That at least the goals in the first half were all just happened because we just played the ball the way that we wanted to, and the intricate passing and threading it through the eye of the needle like just meant that that Salah obviously Salah's goals a little bit scrappy. The first one. Mane's goal was quality, that ball just right across the front uh, for Mane to tap in. Like, What was the keeper doing? Like, I'm no keeper, you're no keeper, but like, what on earth was the
0: keeper doing? Is but like, you know like the way Paul is handling? Like. Yeah, his was, like
1: was more or less behind his back, weren't he, by the time it actually came across the front. I don't know whether he thought that the defender was going to get a touch on it. I know that you have those moments, don't you, when you suddenly think, crap, I've got to backtrack here, this defender's going to get a touch and he's going to score a known goal. And it ended up that the both of them just left it for each other. Rolled through and Mane just got to tap it in. Um, yeah, I think Porto didn't cover themselves in glory in that game. Like
0: it wasn't but the these, these bogey teams in the Champions League, isn't he? And I think we are one of theirs. But at the same time, when you're sitting there with 30 30 minutes to go and you bring in Mane and Salah off in preparation for City, it says that you've you know the job done. And then what happened is we that just before they come off, and you're thinking, oh no, right, okay. I've I've, I've seen how this cup works out before. You know, away from home in the Europa can see the goal, to our big names off. But then Bobby just does what Bobby does. Like, Bobby is just... Uh, Sour, brilliant, uh, as usual. Two, two, good, two good goals. Um, Manny tapping in the right place, brilliant. Bobby Firino comes off the bench, you know, it had a tough day. And Bobby, you know, he's been injured this season, we know he's been injured, like, we know that. But... I think he's only been available for like four games and he's been on the bench for them all, but maybe one. And he's mm-hmm. been you no know, fit to play. And he, I think he's come off the bench and the those games aren't scored. Like, I think it's healthy for Liverpool but the fact that Jota's been playing all these games because Jota knows that Bobby's there waiting and Bobby knows that Jota's there waiting. Yeah. And it's just brilliant yeah. because you could actually say now, and I, me, I'm running away with my heart a little bit. If I had to pick out of Bobby, Bobby and Jota, I'm picking Bobby. But, you're not sitting there now with from the team and Bobby on the bench and thinking, oh, nah, Bobby should be starting. You're sitting there thinking Bobby's a great option off the bench or Josh is a great option off the bench. And uh, keep them fit. That's what I'm saying, keep them fit because we'll need them. But great, see that goal that Bobby scored, the one with the left footer that just went over the line. Brilliant. I thought that, was, that goal looked easy, but it's not. The way he controlled it, anticipated it, got the ball, and then just that finish under pressure with his wrong foot. Is far Mm. better than what anyone can give him credit for, and it was perfect because it went in by about an inch. It was perfect. That's all he needed to do, and he did it. And it's just great to see going to City. It'll be interesting to see who
1: starts against City, won't it? Yeah, yeah. It's going to be interesting, as you said. It's good to have that competition. I think it takes a certain level of manager to be able to bring competition and harmony into a squad. That's normally one of the 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 weird points, the hard things to do as a manager is to be able to bring in players that are going to create competition, potentially button big names, as you said, like the likes of Firmino, like the likes of Tiago and Kite and uh, Canate coming in to have them on the bench and not starting, but still have a unity within the team. It, it's it's only like, you've got to big up Yegen Klopp for that and the fact that he's been able to keep that harmony within that squad. And I don't know if you've seen the interview, Jordan the Week. It was like a joke interview that Oxay Chamberlain done with the FIFA, the FIFA write- ratings just come out. And he um he was pretending to be like a guy from FIFA. He, he had like a voice modification on in another room. And Bobby Firmino sat down. I think it just proved the level that he's at that he was joking with him and he sang the song. Well he read the song, C si Senor, give the ball to Bobby and he'll score. And he was like is this a true fact? And Bobby was just straight down the camera He was like, yeah. And he's like, that's the level of confidence that he's got, that he like knows whether he's on the bench or whether he's on the pitch. He's scoring goals. And as you said, I think last night proved that, is the the technical aspect of his goal, it, it, he makes it look easy. And that's what proves the type of player that he is.
0: Well, that's it. As well. we've said for so, many, for so many years, if Bobby was more selfish, he'd probably get more goals. But... I think with Salah and Manny off the field and Bobby coming on, maybe he had a chance to be a bit more selfish. You know, there's always room you know, to bring King Dibbaker on as well. You know, Football around <laughs> nothing. You knocking or football around <laughs> nothing. knocking. That's what they're saying is. And even you got a wee cameo, you've got a few cameos here. Do you know what? Things have just gone great. How All they want now is a win against City and things have gone great. The only thing that went against us last night, I think, was Athletic with getting a, a goal in the last minute. Um, I don't know if people have seen they They AC Milan were winning with 10 minutes ago and they scored two goals. Like, Suarez that you scored the penalty with the last kick of the game it was a jammy one as well the worst um, penalty I've ever
1: played. seen Suarez score in my life by
0: the way <laughs> yeah all she wanted was a draw in that game that's all she wanted was a draw it means we would have been four points ahead of everyone as well now we're only three points of off at Atletico but I mean at the end of the day it was um, it is what it is and as I say I think one more victory now one more victory of the next four games more or less sees us through but let's hope that we get you know a couple and we could rest some boys, you know, that'll that be the dream, wouldn't it? So it's professional performance. Jones outstanding, Van Dyke just rolling back the years almost, isn't he? Like he was never injured. Mm. Um, the, goal, the goal is good, but you get that in Europe. None of these teams are crap out all great. So you, you get, you're going to get a moment like that where he's going to do a bullet header. Um we were tested at times, but you know, the atmosphere didn't bother us. People got minutes in, them, in the middle, you know, making half an hour cameos. When did you see that? Like, you know, that was great. Um, and just all all around great performance great result perfect got people rested and as I say bring on the second part of the pop because oh this game is huge at the weekend isn't it Danny it's
1: bloody huge yeah uh, it's going to be massive and obviously we can talk around these things all day as you said it was a good performance and I think one of the good things as we go into this City game is the fact that as you said boys are coming off the bench getting minutes in the legs and boys are playing well you getting the likes of Curtis Jones coming on and proving why he should be in that squad. Minamino coming on and playing well, playing good games. You've seen in the um, Carabao Cup game how well Minamino played when he was on. And we've got we're, we're assembling a squad. I think that can that can really do a job. To um, I think in comparison to Chelsea and City, yes, we don't have the names, but I think the players that we've got are really putting in a shift, and it's given us that little bit of depth that we maybe didn't think that we had. And that's going to do as well for going into this City game. But we're going to take a break and then we're going to come back and we're going to discuss all things at the top of the table between us and City at the weekend. So thank you very much for listening to Ammo and Danny's Irish Anfield Road.
0: Find more great shows or join the team at sport-social.co.uk All right, folks, welcome back to Ammo and
1: Danny's Irish Irish Anfield Road.
0: Well, yeah, we, uh, we discussed the two mad games there in the first part of the pod. Now, we're obviously, we've got an international break coming up, um, which just intensifies this game against City. Um, if you 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 know if you don't know that Liverpool are playing a half four on Sunday, um, you're not a Liverpool fan because we're playing Manchester City. We've been, I think the last four years have been our main rivals. We had that rivalry against Chelsea, didn't we, for about four years? Um, and we've always had the rivals against United. But the last four years, I think Man City have been our biggest rivals. And these games have got... We've seen everything in them. We've seen Liverpool victories by clear goals. We've seen City victories by clear goals. We've seen the 0-0 draws. We've seen the missed penalties, the red cards. We've seen it all in these games. And only only the Lord truly knows what's going to happen in this game. But me and Danny <laughs> are going to try and preview it a little bit here. Um, you know, so how it's sitting, with top of the league by a point. Um, city just behind us so um, Danny <laughs> I know I'm asking the impossible question here you know and people listen to this hopefully understand how difficult it is for, you know, for us to preview and try and talk a little bit of sense we're just like you guys listen we we're no experts we watch a game like you and we're just giving our opinion but I mean how do you see this game going Danny because it's hard isn't it?
1: It's going to be fascinating it's going to be an interesting game to be able to watch and as you said it's so hard to know what way it's going to go and um, I think the thing that's going to help us is probably the fact that it's at home so I think the Anfield crowd I think will really help it's, a, it's even even an ish kickoff is not it help us forward I think it kicks off um so even an ish but it's a weekend kickoff I, I think I think one of the things about Liverpool fans is that we know when big games happen and fans know how to get behind the team and I think Unlike, I think City, I think will be a little bit rattled being at Anfield. The atmosphere is going to be electric going into it. They're only used to normally playing in front of like 50 guys. So to be able to play in a full stadium is going to be a real real opportunity for them, which would be nice. Some of those big players might get a get a bit of a chance to shine. Um, but it's hard because, as we said, City at the minute haven't got the best forward line ever. They've got, obviously, like Gabriel Jesus, who's a second choice striker in a team with no actual striker. Baffles me. Jack Grealish still settling into the team. Raheem Sterling seems to be out of sorts at the minute, not really in Pep's plans. So it's hard to know, but at the same time we're going to have, probably have Trent out uh, injured as well. I was. I think if Brentford was our last game, you'd sort of be sitting here worrying a little bit, but at the same time I think Porto, we were We were so solid and and we could bring the likes of Joe Gomez in to play right back or bring Milner in and keep him there at right back. Um. I think that will help us. I think having that boost there midweek will sort of give us that that sort of confidence boost going into Sunday. But at the same time, City's defence uh, has become really solid now. Diaz is, is some player. So can Salah and Mane and Jota or Firmino or whoever um, step up in that game and sort of make amends for some of the misses that we had last weekend? Everything's just, I think everything's just up in the air with this game. So. I'd like to think having at Anfield is really going to help us, but as I said, we've, we've been beaten before at Anfield by City quite like comprehensively as well. So, so who knows?
0: Yeah, what you're saying there, and it's funny you're saying them, And I completely agree where you're coming from. Me, I'm not this you mentioned Jesus second to striker in a team that you know hasn't got hasn't got a striker, but but he won the game last week. Mm. He's won, he's match run against Celtic. You know, he's won what 10, 15 trophies with City. You know, you mentioned Grealish, under million. You know, Mahrez, fantastic. Sterling, I think of the source. But do you think he's going to come to Anfield? And, you know, he's going to take some abuse. He always does, always does. He's going to have the grip between his teeth. You know, we haven't even mentioned Silver. We haven't mentioned <laughs> We haven't even mentioned De Bruyne. <laughs> we haven't even mentioned Kevin De Bruyne. You know, it, it, the quality just goes through the squad. You know, yeah. they're bringing the Bruin off the bench off the time, we're bringing Minamino and Arigi, You know, that's... There's a difference there in quality, but at the end of the day, we're top of the league and we've got a better... I think, dare I say this, I think Jürgen Klopp is a better man-manager. Well, here's what I'm going to say here. I'm going to make a very bold statement here. And I'm going to get... It. People that listen to this aren't Liverpool fans are probably going to rip through me. But I'm hoping that you or people understand this. I think with the squad that Liverpool have and the squad that Manchester City have, I think Jürgen Klopp will do a better job with both teams. I think Pep Guardiola would struggle with the team at Liverpool. It's got Pep Guardiola needs the two players of world in world class at every position. Really Jurgen Klopp can take the one player for every position, and then the other six or seven players that are on the fringe of the team, he can get the most out of them. I think Jurgen Klopp will do a better team of both teams. I don't think Guardiola could do the job at Liverpool that Klopp's done with Liverpool. As well, really, I think Klopp would be great with City still. And um, I think that that's a difference. And I think I like to think of those City won trophies. Liverpool won trophies. Last night I heard in the commentary, Liverpool have been in three European Cup finals on the clock. That's easy forgotten, you know. Just because we've only won your one European Cup and a Super Cup and a Premier League, you know, it's still great for the Liverpool. But you forget that we've been to two of the European finals. It's I mean you know you've won every game apart from the last game. I think we've been in a League Cup final somewhere along there as well. So, you know, Jurgen Klopp hasn't done a bad a bad job. It's been brilliant. And he's making the most out of it. James, see James Mill going at right back doesn't 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 bother me. Yeah. Um. I think the game will be won, obviously up front, isn't it? So it's it, it's a case of do does Mares and Greer turn up or does Salah and Mane turn up or did they both turn up and it's a free 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 all game? And and that really could happen. Fans of Anfield half four on a Sunday, it's starting to get dark now. It's early nights. Um. Hopefully we create some atmosphere, give the team a welcoming like a European night, and we can maybe. Steal some of that European like atmosphere and make the game kind of like that. Um, as I say, that hopefully dazzle City because like he's playing in front of fans already. So let's um, hope that it will. But I'm gonna make a prediction. From me bold here. Um, and I'm hope because with the international break coming up, I want us to be a good few points to clear. You know, especially yeah. them beating Chelsea has been good for us, Liverpool. So if we beat City, it's just brilliant. Um, I'm gonna say I'm gonna make a bold prediction. I think City are gonna fall apart. And I'm gonna go for 3 0 to Liverpool. Um I've just got a feeling that this this game is gonna be huge for Liverpool, kind of proven that because all you've heard this season, oh Chelsea, Chelsea this, Chelsea mm. European champions, Chelsea this, Chelsea that City is always gonna be there. And then Ronaldo go to United, and it's like, oh, could United be title challenges? Mm. You know, we didn't do it last week against West Ham, did or Oh, was not West Ham? Commonly, got beat against it was um, Villa Aston Villa. Yep. Couldn't do it against Villa. No, I you know CR7, you all CR7s, they make United challenge the title. You know what I mean? And I know you hate us so all. Don't forget about Liverpool. Nah, don't forget about Liverpool because we've got our players back, which are better than some signings. We've got Virgin van Dijk back. You know mm. what I mean? We've got Fabinho back. We've got the squad now. You know what I mean? Even Diva back. Come on, Liverpool! <laughs> <laughs>
1: It was a passionate promotion. A like
0: league league.
1: <laughs> 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 as you said, it's gonna be fascinating. The the two the two teams that play completely different types of football, like Man City are all about dominant possession and having all star players in every position, as you said. As you look at City now, like when was it? Was it the season that Liverpool won the title? they, they basically said that City didn't win it because of the fact that they didn't have Fernandinho. What what does Pep do that summer? He goes out and spends an absolute ton of money to make sure that Fernandinho isn't a star player in the team. You look at last week's game in Chelsea. Fernandinho came on in like the 87th minute. Like he's barely got him playing now. He hates the fact of having like all star players. He's got to have like two players for every position. And as you said, they're going to have quality everywhere on the pitch. But I think Liverpool with the atmosphere. I think Liverpool with the players that we've got that starting eleven. And Klopp with the tactics that he's got and all the rest of it coming off the back of that Porto win and especially City losing to PSG there I think I think Liverpool's got the best chance at the minute we're going into it in the best form that we can on the best run that we can and I think I think we should be taking it but as you said it's just unpredictable I'm going to go for I'm going to go for two one Liverpool because I do think we'll win it but I think it's going to be tight I think those two defenses are both solid. I think Grealish will potentially get through. I think if he's playing one on one with Milner, his his skills and his tricks, I, I don't think Milner will hack that for ninety minutes. But at the same time, I, I think City have got a solid defence. But I think that they can leak goals if they start to get frustrated. So yeah, I'm, I'm going to go two one Liverpool, but it's going to be it's going to be a tentative, tight game. I think both teams know there's a lot there's a lot to lose here. Like, I can already see the pictures
0: going around of Jack Grealish and Milner's back pocket. <laughs> Pocket going around on Facebook. I can already see it. I can envision it now. Is he making them? Um, that's, I, yeah, well, I wonder how some of these boys have time to do this, you know, because I really don't, but I, I love sharing them. I love being that mouth. I really do, you know, everyone knows me knows that. Um but you know what, nevertheless, it's a huge game. Um the England, the whole UK, the whole the world probably come to a standstill some evening, half four. But it's just one of those games that you know, it's the last game before the international break as well, so it's always a bit more juicy. Yep. Um can't stand these international breaks, but gives us a wee break anyway, Danny books. But um, no, I mean it's it's bigger, it's bigger because you're going away in the international break and you want to be top of the league. It's city when they pick us when we go up third, depending on other results. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a big it's you know, it's a big If city when it? it's but you know, don't forget you know, any city podcasters. I don't even know if they have many fans to be, have enough to be podcasters, but <laughs> say let's say there was a man city podcast out there somewhere, they'll be saying, Oh well. Let's beat Liverpool and we'll go the top and we'll pipe them, you know, and Liverpool to be got at, like, you know, that type of thing. Brentford got at us. So you can see where they're coming from. It's a huge, it's just huge, isn't it? Just in the season. It's the biggest game of the season. Um, great start to season Premier League. Great start to the season in Champions League. We're through in a cup. Um, don't get beaten this game, but ideally win it. And what you can say is it's a solid start to the season. If we get beat, it's like, oh, right, we need to get back on track. And then you're waiting 10 days till the next game. So it's. Uh, it's one of them, but yeah. So I've I've been ambitious and I've said three 0 to Liverpool. Danny's sitting on the fence as usual and going for two one to Liverpool. I'm just leaning, just leaning, <laughs> just 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 leaning on it. Yeah, just <laughs> he's uh he's going, to, he's going to get the paint out soon. He's going to start painting it because he's that <laughs> close to it. You know, and he loves it that much. You love the fence, don't you, Danny? <laughs> but uh, Yeah. Anyway, banter to the side. It's another brilliant podcast. But what I would say, let's hope that this time next next time we're chatting. Um, Liverpool scored another three goals like they have in the last six games there you go Sean Amos just jinxed it 0-0 but there you go <laughs> <laughs> in, the, in the meantime in the meantime um, thank you for listening to Ammo and Danny's Irish Anfield Road this podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network